And welcome back to the Conservative Atheist Podcast. I'm your host, the Conservative Atheist, and I'm joined today, as usual, by my co-host and producer. Writer later. Hey, guys. And today we're going to be discussing Jackson, Mississippi, and the water crisis that was in Jackson, Mississippi. That's happened more than once, and all the, top, pop, uh, the possible reasons. Now, for some strange reason, just because the population is roughly 80% black, somehow it's racism that caused the 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 water crisis in Mississippi, not the not not the poor management by the by the by the mayor, which is black, uh, or the city council, which is black or mostly black, and uh, not by the the fact that they didn't uh, you know hire the right people to fix the the system and and didn't do what they needed to do, but it's somehow magically racism. Right. Well, that is the explanation for all things, which. Uh has a uh, has delighted many people because you're literally seeing people you're you're seeing uh, uh headlines in major newspapers that says all the white people left and that that's supposed to be the problem for it which i remember i heard some uh there was a there's a guy named richard hania who was uh mocking this saying oh they're just saying it now and these are just white supremacists you know which uh i don't know you, you do have to wonder if they think that white people leaving is the the impetus for all of their problems what exactly they mean by that you know yeah it's, what does that mean does that mean you can't take care of it yourself and you need the white people to take care of it for you? I mean, what are you trying to say when you say something like that? Yeah, it's just all very racist. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> There's nothing more racist than dirty water. Yeah. I should probably uh, say really quickly that for people that are wondering uh, to the kind of, because uh, uh, I guess the story is kind of uh, out of the news a bit now, but uh there was kind of a back and forth between people what saying it was like the governor's fault and in effect system systemic racism. And there were people saying that, no, this is built with, uh, uh, I guess the city's failings, but, uh, this comes from uh, Politico and they said, this is referring to the EPA chief, uh, visiting it saying staffing issues and technical problems at the plant have emerged as a source of tension between the city and EPA, Carol Kermer, the director of EPA's Enforcement and Compliance Assurance Division in the Region 4 office told the Mississippi Free Press in an August 26 interview that in spite of critical staffing shortages threatening the basic operation of the OB Curtis water plant, the agency had seen no visible proof that the city was making an effort to hire new employees, specifically Class A water operators. Lumba, the mayor, pushed back at a press conference yesterday saying Jackson's leadership had repeatedly followed the advice of the EPA and that 10 people are currently training to work as operators in the facility. When asked why EPA would have no record of city attempting to staff, to staff the plants, the mayor said the agency only sees completed transactions. So, so apparently the, this is literally coming from the EPA when they joined right. the facility at the beginning of this, and they made a declaration that, hey, this is not being kept up the way it should be. There's some mismanagement and competence going on here. And then the mayor tries to say, oh, well, it's incompetence, but we've tried to actually tried to hire positions and we've made a concerted effort to that. And <laughs> even though even though this has been happening, there's no record of it because apparently only completed transactions go through, which to me sounds very convoluted. <laughs> Anytime these mayors and these city councils uh, fail, just like they did in, uh, was it Pontiac, Michigan? I think it was, was it Pontiac, Michigan that had the water, the problem with the water? Oh, uh, Flint? Flint, I'm sorry, it's Flint, Michigan. Anytime that they, they, you know, they, something happens with the water, they always try to blame the governor or yeah. the federal government, which is strange because much like, uh, much like Jackson, Mississippi, uh, Flint, Michigan, the mayor was black, the city council, all the city council members were black, uh, the, the person in charge of the water treatment plant was black, 
Uh, I mean, pretty much the entire uh, city council and the city government was all black. The the, the chief of police, um, the city manager, everybody. Right. And yet somehow it was magically the the, uh, the state or federal government's fault. Yeah. Well, it seems there he's ultimately conceding that there there's a problem there, but he's saying that's oh well we tried to hire workers and we can get it, which makes you wonder. So you're the one city that tried to hire uh, water workers and you just couldn't get them. I mean, what's happening there? Well, incompetence is what's happening. And of course, anytime somebody's incompetent, instead of taking ownership of that incompetence and trying to do better and promising to do better, uh, they blame it on somebody else because that's yeah. the easier way to go. We, we should say uh, one one other kind of like glaring, uh, uh, I guess, error and incompetence that I found is that uh, there was a New York Times article, and I wish I could, I, I read it uh, today and I couldn't find the, I can't remember the exact quote, but uh, it was basically saying that to, uh, uh, Jackson Jackson can file grants and they can get to file grants to augment their kind of water structure and sure. there's no record of them ever filing these grants okay right and they tried to say that uh, the New York Times put a retort in or they they qualified it by saying oh well it's technically the case that maybe the federal government to uh, rebuff this and didn't or that the state government rebuffed this and didn't let them do it and then they said there's a way that they can actually uh uh, formally filed to see if they actually did this. And this was a couple of weeks. This this article was written like two, three weeks ago. So I, I immediately saw that, okay, well, maybe it was the case that the state government rebuffed their, uh, I guess, kind of declarations or they're uh, trying to solicit uh, grants. And then I'm like, okay, so obviously someone would have ferreted this out and uh, figured out what happened here. And then I looked weeks and then weeks later, which you find nothing on there. So which makes me say that uh, the Jackson government, it was really the case that they just didn't file any sort of uh, uh, grants or or try to solicit grants for this, even though even to the mayor's own uh, decla- to, what, from the mayor's own words that uh, this has been a problem for months or for his whole tenure. For years. It's been a yeah. problem for years. For, dec- for decades, Jackson, Mississippi has had problems with water. And none of the none of the city governments have ever taken care of it. Right. And And to blame it on racism when the city governments are black is ridiculous. It doesn't make sense. 80% of the po- over 80 or over 80% of the population is black and the and the people in charge are black and yet somehow it's it's the fault of, of white racism that just doesn't make any any goddamn sense. Right. Could it be that you're incompetent? You shouldn't be in charge in the first damn place? Yeah. Well, it seems like like what's the point of having a mayor? Like it, it seems like if you're going to have some sort of governance that uh, they should file grants for stuff they need or actually adequately supply a, a uh, something as imperative as like your water, your water infrastructure. And they seem to be totally remiss in this. So you'd have to wonder what exactly the mayor's doing in this kind of, you do have to wonder what exactly government officials are doing. Uh, apparently nothing. Yeah. This is not how you run a city. This is why all these cities collapse. This is why the, the uh, mayor of, uh, of, uh, of Chicago went to jail. Was it mayor of Chicago or mayor of Detroit? Uh, might have been the mayor of Detroit. I, I can't think of the guy's name, but he, yeah, the city, major cities go bankrupt, and the mayors go to go to jail because right. of the corruption. You can't you can't run cities like a third world country. I mean, I guess you can, but then what happens is is that you you don't have basic basic needs like water. Yeah, the infrastructure fails because you're running the country. You're, you're I'm sorry, you're running the city like like they would in a third world country, and we don't want that here. Right, but it seems that's the way it goes in, in those type of cities. Democrat-ran cities, and no, it's not white racism because the people in charge are black.
Right. Okay, why don't we play the first clip? Jackson is the largest city in Mississippi, 80% of the population black. And it's becoming pretty clear now that floods may have triggered this water crisis, but advocates like our next guest say it's environmental racism that's making it worse. Mustafa Santiago Ali is executive. So this guy Mustafa says that, that it's environmental racism. Environmental racism. Done by who? The, the black city council and the black mayor? It just, it just doesn't make any goddamn sense. So he's saying it's environmental racism. Somehow the white people are trying to destroy black people through, you know, not, not keeping up with basic services like water. And environmental racism. White people caused the floods. White, white people caused the fact that the mayor and the, and the, uh, and the government didn't take care of uh, the water treatment plant so that it would pro function properly. That was the fault of somehow white people. That's, I mean, does anybody ever take any responsibility for their own actions and for their own inept ineptitude? I, I don't think so. It doesn't apparently seem so. So let's hear this genius. I wish you guys could see this guy. Uh, let's see, hear this genius. Vice President of the National Wildlife Federation. He's also the founder and CEO of Revitalization Strategies, working as a strategist and policymaker for environmental <laughs> yeah. justice. Good to see you, Dr. Ali. Thank you for having me, Karis. Nice to be with you. Well, you have worked with more than 500 domestic and international communities. What do you make <laughs> of what's going on right now in Jackson, Mississippi? Well, it's a tragedy that's happening. It's an emergency that's going on that did not have to happen. We've known about the impacts that were happening to the water infrastructure in Jackson, and there has been inaction by so many, uh, especially those in, in the state house. Uh, and others who have refused to make the investments that are necessary to protect people's lives. We have to be very careful in this moment. We don't want to make Jackson a sacrifice zone. You know, Jackson's uh, motto is Jackson is a city with soul. The question becomes, are we going to protect those souls, those 80% African-Americans who are living there, along with the other brothers and sisters who are there? Are we going to be willing to, to make the investments? Are we going to be able to actually come together to make real change happen? We know the history throughout the South in relationship to the disinvestment in Black communities historically. We don't have to hold on to the sins of the past. We can actually move forward and make sure that we are doing the things that are necessary to protect people's health, uh, to also make sure that we are helping to strengthen their economic situation, uh, and to get ready to deal with the climate crisis that we see each and every day now. Okay, pause. All right, so you've named it. Okay, so, so somehow it's because 80% of the population is black. So apparently we're, we're willing to sacrifice the 20% that isn't black. All in the name of racism. It's not the city's fault at all. It's the it's the the, the uh, state and federal government's fault. It's all it's all a conspiracy to to uh, you know to not take care of black people. And not only do they have to make sure that they have water, which is you know a basic necessity, but also make sure that they have abilities to uh, you know to take care of them financially. No, not how it works, people. Not how it should work. I know that's how you want it to work. I know you want to be taken care of from cradle to grave, but no, that's that's not how it's supposed to work. Not in this country. Okay, go ahead. It's oh, by the way, his problem. career is probably a scam. Uh, Sorry, his career, 
his so-called career with all the, you know, oh, I've worked with international agencies and I worked with this agency. I, I would imagine she's probably taking his word for it. And it's just shit that he's made up. I, I could be wrong, but I, that's that's my take on it. Okay, go ahead. Uh, the, Jackson's dealt with years of uh, dealing with this old and aging water system. And you've got a community that's predominantly black. So how does Jackson get justice here? H how do you move forward, especially when the mayor says it's going to take billions of dollars to get to get to the place where they need to be? Well, the first thing that we do is deal with the immediacy of the emergency that's going on. And it's great to see so many people coming together to make sure that folks have bottled water, they have other portable types of water to begin to, to make sure that we are addressing that need in this moment. The other thing that we do is we get to get much more focused on policy and the resources that already exist to make sure that we are moving forward on the steps that are necessary. So we know that there are $75 million that were part of the bipartisan infrastructure bill. So we gotta make sure that those dollars are actually getting to the spaces and places that need them the most. We also know that we have resources from the state revolving loan fund. So we have to make sure, one, a quick analysis to see where are those dollars going across the state of Mississippi? Are they actually going to our most vulnerable communities? We also have to make sure that we are building up the health infrastructure to make sure that folks are dealing with some of the impacts that could come from this, from bacteria and viruses and parasites and a number of other things. So in this moment, we need to be able to come together, make those investments, make sure we're doing an environmental justice analysis as well. So let's talk about the Biden administration's Inflation Reduction Act, which does include. Yeah, I, I don't want to hear about the environmental. I don't want to hear about Biden's Inflation and Reduction Act. So so what we need to do is we need to take care of all these people. We need to make sure that how about instead of waiting till the till, till everything collapses and then worry about the impact from that? How about we get rid of the mayor? How about we get rid of the city council? How about we get rid of the uh, the people in charge of the of the water treatment plant? and get people in there that actually know what the hell they're doing. Right. How does that sound like a plan? Uh, you know, that. what do they say? An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. I would say an ounce of prevention in this situation is worth a thousand pounds of cure. Yeah. Well, the other thing that these people don't understand, and this has been highlighted by the New York Times in particular, is that, that part of the reason why Jackson, or why this is a problem, is that uh, a lot of, the, of our country's water infrastructure is particularly antiquated. So it really is vital that we get these things repaired, you know, right, right. which the irony is that they seem to use this as like, a, oh, well, this shows that our infrastructure's uh, lagging, blah, blah, blah. And therefore, it's like a fault of like, I guess, our government in general. But if anything, that just shows that, OK, well, that means you have to be very, very you have to be much more meticulous in your repairs, you know, and you have to really, really focus on augmenting everything and making sure everything's <laughs> in a row, which uh, obviously the case with Jackson, they were not doing that, you know, exactly. Which, the other thing that uh, I, I befuddled, I'm kind of bewildered by is that they they keep referencing. So I guess in uh, the infrastructure bill, I guess uh, uh, Mississippi as a state got allocated 75 million. But these people are like, oh, this needs to go to Jackson. This needs to go to Jackson. What they don't understand is that to actually like revamp and to totally be rebuild the whole uh, uh, water infrastructure is going to take a billion dollars. That's their own estimate. Which Well, yeah, they said billions. So how is 75 million going to cover anything? Yeah. Let's say let's say that the, the all seventy five million didn't go to any other community in the state that it all went to Jackson. How would that change anything if it's going to cost billions, like the mayor estimates? Right. 
Yeah, that's what they don't. It, it, at the very least, it seems like that all that's going to do is just make it sure that the repairs are better, which once again, if the, the own EPA comes in and the, the best thing you could have done, you didn't do. That probably says these repairs are at least giving them a, a, a decent amount of that money or whatever they would think is fair. Wouldn't actually have made that big of a difference, you know, right. if they're already going to mismanage the hell out of this. Which what it, what it means is, is that no matter how much money, if you keep if, if you give money to people that don't know what the hell they're doing. And, and don't know how to run a government and don't know how to, to you know, manage the, the uh, infrastructure like water supply, electricity grid, things of that nature. If you give them, you can give them as much money as you want. If they're going to mismanage, they're going to mismanage. The, the amount of money is not going to change that. Right. It's, there's no way to pay your way out of fucking up. If you're a yeah. fuck up, you're a fuck up. I don't care if you're dealing with if you have $100 million or, or $1 billion. A fuck up is a fuck up. Yeah, we I think we should. And you've obviously already made this point to some extent, but uh, these these kind of like these people like obsess over like urban planning, urban politics. They love saying that these communities tend to be underfunded, which one usually it's just based on the property taxes for a lot of this stuff. And I'm sure Jackson, Mississippi, it's pretty dismal, you know. Oh, I'm sure. But they don't understand that uh, if they mismanage, they want all this money pumped in. But once again, if, if they can actually or what I believe that they can actually sufficiently take care of their waterway or they can sufficiently manage their water if they was done competently. And that should say to you that, uh, no, giving money is not going to do anything. The real kind of best bulwark is just having competent governance, you know, which they don't have. They, they do not have it. And as long as that 80 percent of the population votes in votes in who they're voting in, they're never going to have it. They're just never going to have it. So, you know, blame the voters that that 80% of the people that you're talking about uh, that is supposedly suffering and and people are conspiring against them. uh, That's the same 80% that voted in the jackasses that caused the situation in the first place. And will continue to vote in jackasses that caused the situation. And that's why it'll never get better. Never get better. All right. Um, yeah, I don't want to hear the rest of that clip if that's okay. I, I, I don't really give a rat's ass about Joe Biden. I don't want to go through all that. Well, we already kind of, yeah, I think we already kind of explained the gist of it. Yeah. So let's go on to the next clip. Okay. It's loading right now. Yeah. They have the, let's see. There we go. A little bit, a little bit of technical issues. <laughs> oh no, it's just that because you play the YouTube and it has ads, and I didn't. Oh, get gotcha. I got you. Okay. There you go. They called it Black Monday. It was the day the Supreme Court issued its famous ruling in Brown v. Board of Education, a ruling that told Americans school segregation was unconstitutional, and for a group of white Mississippians, that day came to be known as Black Monday. The moniker came from this man, Thomas Pickens Brady, a prominent segregationist and future Mississippi Supreme Court justice who gave a defiant speech against the Brown decision titled Black Monday. It was printed as a booklet and passed out to white school children in Mississippi, seeped in racism and white supremacist thinking. You might not be surprised to hear that it was published by the white supremacist organization, the Citizens Council, a group that was also formed in Mississippi right after, take a guess, the Brown v. Board ruling. Okay, pause. I'm telling you all. What the fuck does any of this have to do with with the water supply in in, uh, Jackson, Mississippi? 
What does this have to do with anything? You mean things that happened before I was born? I was born in 1970. Things that happened before I was born somehow are causing Mississippi not to have uh, adequate water supply and infrastructure in uh, 2022. Yeah. Sounds like a pretty big reach. Well, he gets even more ridiculous about this. Okay. This to show you how deeply rooted the racism in Mississippi goes, how vicious the backlash was to federally mandated integration of black and white people. Because all of this relates directly to what's happening in Mississippi today in terms of the floods, the water crisis, and tens of thousands of Americans unable to even drink water out of their own taps. So stay with me. Because going back, even though Brown ruled that segregation in schools was unconstitutional, it didn't actually end segregation in Mississippi and other southern states. The backlash we just told you about turned into a strong white resistance movement. And supremacist organizations like the Citizens Council pushed back on any kind of integration. I am Alabama State Senator Sam Inglehart, also Executive Secretary of the Citizens Council of Alabama. We are dedicated to the preservation of segregation by peaceful and legal means. You heard him. As the Jackson Free Press notes, the Citizens Council fought integration through economic boycott and intimidation of black and white people who might go along with it and eventually boasted more than 80,000 members in chapters across the South. The white population was so successful in maintaining segregation through dual school systems for black and white students that 15 years later, in 1969, the Supreme Court had to issue another ruling on school segregation. Okay, pause. Alexander V. Holmes. Okay, so he's bringing up this, the, the fact that they didn't want to integrate the schools and how horrible and racist that was. And that integration in general wasn't, wasn't accepted by the South. What was the, what was the murder rate in Jackson, Mississippi again? The, the city that they keep talking about has an 80% black population. Yeah, so this is really this really underscores everything you need to know. So, in 2019, the murder per capita rate, in, which is obviously done through 100, or is uh, set at 100,000. Yeah, was a li- was almost 50. It was a little under 50. I think it was like 49.5, which is absolutely staggeringly high. Astronomical. Yeah. In 2021, in the, our post uh, George Floyd world, it's now nearly 100, the highest in the country. It's I believe 99.5. So. So, so in Jackson, Mississippi, a, a population that's that's eighty percent black or more, is has has the highest murder rate per capita in the country, yeah, uh, by far, and and somehow that's due to white racism, yeah. Can somebody explain to me how it's if the the population is over eighty percent black, which and the majority of the people committing the murders and getting murdered are probably black. How is that white racism? Yeah. Well, white people are horrible to them, so that means that they must uh, indiscriminately kill other black people. I, I, I guess yeah. so. I guess that's the conclusion we're supposed to draw. We also should focus on this because uh, we're to put an emphasis on this is that uh, what happens between 2019 and 2022? The George Floyd riots, you know? Right. Where they believe that, oh, well, George Floyd was uh, killed for no reason. There, there's no justification. So then there was a uh, undeniable or just into staggering amounts of riots and our murder rate jumped up by a third and it's mostly afflicting black people which once again i don't see how that's due to black i don't see that's how to do to ra- i don't see how that's due to racism as much as it's due to i guess black people just not taking accountability for things 
But uh, if there's if there's another explanation and somebody would like to argue that out, I would love to have that conversation. Yeah. Well, really it seems odd. That's, that's a conversation I would really enjoy. Yeah, it really seems odd because these people love claiming about how horrible things are happening to black people, but they don't bring up the crime rate or the murder rate where it's literally jumps in. It's, it was already staggeringly high, but it's gone up uh, twofold in the span of a couple of years. Well, I'm one of those it, evil people that holds everybody accountable for their actions equally. Right. I, I know me being fair is actually in somehow racist and unfair, but that's that's just how I am. Yeah. Okay, let's let's jump on the clip again. Yeah, this is where it really starts to get ridiculous. It told southern states that were resistant to integration that they had to integrate right now. In October, the Supreme Court ordered immediate integration of certain school districts in Mississippi. The decision was later broadened to include school districts in three other southern states. This year, these children are scheduled to attend an integrated school. But that didn't happen. Rather than integrate, white families left the public school system there. And all white Mississippi state officials passed laws that allowed public funds, taxpayer dollars, to be taken from public schools and allocated to all white private schools. Okay, pause. That's white flight. Yeah. You know, if it's my money, if it's my tax dollars, why can't I decide where my kid goes to school? Yeah. Then or now. Yeah. Well, well, there's a couple of things you can say here. So one, they're saying that there's white flight and that that's the reason for all of this, which essentially what they're trying to say is that uh, I guess white people had more revenue or something and that they, they love saying that uh, oh, white people are initially more, more wealthy. So they're always going to end up that way. And therefore, uh, they're just oppressing black people because they don't get to, I guess, essentially uh, the wealth doesn't seep out because they're not around them or these communities become more heterogeneous, which. The retort I always love to this is, why is it the case that Asians do better than whites, even the even even the Asians that uh, start out very very poor? You'll, no, you'll never hear you'll never hear a coherent answer to that. Right, unfortunately not. And once again, we should also play that kind of this equivocation here. He's like talking about, oh, they were supposed to integrate, they were supposed to integrate, but then it was the case that the white and he was bringing up how they were, I guess, doing it today would seem unlawful and basically uh, propagating like a. Uh, segregation via government institutions and then he's like but that didn't happen because the white people left and i'm like well, see, huh? see I, i'm waiting to hear about the racism because in modern times i hear a lot of black people arguing that they want to have separate uh separate proms for black people only right how how is that any different yeah is, is that not segregation yeah but that's not racism in the system okay yeah so basically, yeah, he's going to talk a little bit more about this, but due to the fact that white people left, well, we should, the other thing we should say is that uh, he brings he brings up this point, which is that, uh, oh, well, I guess they immediately passed a law, which I was I was trying to search this beforehand, but I couldn't find much info on it. But they passed a law that, uh, I guess, put like an influx of like grants to like private schools. And they said that, uh, I guess, public school, I guess uh, this was used in his mind that uh, public schools or this siphoned off money from the public schools, which. A couple of points. One, how much money did the siphon off? And do you actually think that that actually created is a is, is actually a credible reason for what we're seeing today? I mean, if it's like a couple hundred dollars per kid and then you're just dealing with hellish uh, outcomes that you, you actually think that's the reason for what we're seeing today, that why we're seeing such dismal outcomes in places because they siphoned off or they might have siphoned off a couple hundred dollars or however much money, however, whatever, like infinitesimal percentage that they would have perceived that they that they were supposed to get to private schools. 
Well, and how would that explain the outrageous violent crime rate in Jackson? Yeah. I, I just, it's, it's, it's the mental gymnastics that they come up with to explain things that, that are, that you can't explain through white, somehow white racism. They, they come up with all these mental gymnastics to twist it around to blame somebody else. It just doesn't make sense to me. Well, Again, you... I'm one of those evil, evil people that holds everybody to the exact same standard. Yeah, but before we play it, the gist of it, which they love saying, is that the white people left and supposedly they had more money. So black people weren't able to benefit off of it because it didn't seep into their communities. And now black people are poor forever, which makes no sense once again, because you have to reference the case of Asians. But uh, it's also the case that why, like you said, why is the murder rate so high? And also, I mean, to this quote unquote white flight, I mean, if you're seeing the murder rate just skyrocket, and you're seeing an, a dismal amount of crime. Perhaps it is the case that they moved out and maybe it doesn't even really have to do as much with race as it just is. Oh, I don't want to live in a crime infested area. You know, if, if I see this crime skyrocketing and I love my family, I'm going to leave. Yeah, I'm going to leave and I'm going to take my family with me. Yeah, but I like how they just immediately assume that, to, oh, well, the white people left and they left the black areas. And that's just uh, there's no other reason other than they could have been racist. But I'm like, well, maybe this is post talk, but the black areas sure had a surge in crime after all of this. You know? Right. Yeah, you should probably uh, play the rest of it. Okay. Jackson, the capital city of Mississippi, became predominantly black. In fact, it's now 82% black, the blackest big city in America. And it has a diminishing local revenue from many of the low-income residents left behind. As one black Jackson resident told NBC News back in 2006... A lot of the economic base was leaving. Our tax dollars were leaving. So by the time people that looked like us took over the administration of these public schools, they're administrating a bankrupt system. But it wasn't just the school system that was affected by white flight and the loss of a tax base. Every aspect of the city's infrastructure was affected, which brings us back to today. The city's water system is particularly plagued after years of neglect and underinvestment. Donna Ladd, investigative journalist and the founding editor of the Mississippi Free Press in Jackson, she wrote last year, quote, many of the same prominent whites who proudly attended well-funded public schools in Jackson before integration used the state legislature to control how much Jackson can tax our own citizens in order to pay for our own needs. They won't support desperately needed flood mitigation for the city unless it provides rich white people with valuable waterfront development. Flood mitigation pause so why he keeps trying to enter enter why he keeps trying to interject race i have no idea actually i do know we both know because he wants to make everything about race but what the hell does the race have to do with it other than in, i mean what evidence other than in his mind uh, other than his pure unfounded conjecture right so white people had money and then they left and then for whatever reason the the economic base that was left over in the city couldn't create a footing. And that's supposedly what happens here. Right. Okay. I mean, they don't understand also another thing is that I believe more than half, or it could be about half, but uh, about half of our, of our public school funding comes from just local property taxes, you know? Right. And a lot of stuff just comes from property taxes, which tells you everything you need to know. And, and once again, they keep, they keep interjecting race, which it's, it's kind of like this critical race theory kind of like mantras that, uh, well, if black people aren't doing well, then it has to do to racism. But can it just be that uh, black people tend to be poor and then poor people don't uh, contribute as much to the tax system? <laughs> thus, thus, they don't get as much back? Well, when they said they took our taxes, no, they didn't take your taxes. You don't own those taxes. Right. 
Those are paid out by the citizens. If the citizens leave, they take their tax money with them. That's how that's how it works. Yeah. If I live in New York and I move to Chicago, I, I don't still pay taxes in New York. Yeah. Well, the another kind of irony with all these people, and you see it all, a lot of these cities go bankrupt, is that uh, they're not actually a net positive for the state. You know, they're they're actually they're actually a hindrance, and they actually have to fund they actually have to funnel more money in than the city than the state than the city actually creates. You know, which right. totally undercuts this idea that. Uh, or this the seeming premise that they're just like stealing from them or something. No, if they if they were going to steal from them, then there would actually be money to begin there. There would be money to uh, in the first place. It wouldn't be the case that like Jackson, where it's probably a net negative as far as a uh, as far as a uh, tax collected uh, to the I guess benefits received. You know, which right. is another thing that these people always neglect. But somehow it's it's racism. Somehow it's racism every time. When Donna Ladd wrote that piece in March of 2021, heavy storms in Jackson, Mississippi had led to a water crisis where residents had no water to flush their toilets and not a single home in the city had access to safe drinking water. And just this past weekend, heavy rainfall and river flooding overwhelmed the water system infrastructure in the city again contaminating the water and leading to yet another major water crisis. Listen to the state's right-wing Republican governor, Tate Reeves. Until it is fixed, it means we do not have reliable running water at scale. It means the city cannot produce enough water to fight fires, to reliably flush toilets, and to meet other critical needs. Please stay safe. Do not drink the water. Do not drink the water, says the governor of a state in a country that is the richest in human history. Pause. But look, in a place like Mississippi. Okay, so what else is he supposed to say? Drink the water? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's giving, he's he's making, he's having a, pre he's giving a press conference on the situation in Jackson, Mississippi. And he's not supposed to to tell people, hey, listen, the, the water in, in Jackson is not safe right now. Whatever you do, don't drink the water. Yeah. He's not supposed to say that? Yeah. Uh, I mean, how many black people are going to die or get bad sick if he doesn't say that? Right. Yeah, and I should try to under I should underscore this again that uh, the New York Times has reported on this pretty thoroughly, but uh, a lot of places have problems with their water infrastructure, which once again they're not I haven't seen any reports of saying why why uh, 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 Mississippi's water infrastructure is particularly bad. It, the whole impetus for this was that they had a they had a bunch of rain and then they that spurred a flood and that it screwed up uh, I guess it screwed up like the underground or the undergirding for the the water infrastructure. Well, originally what happened was is they had a bad cold spout, the, the uh, cold uh, stretch that they weren't used to, and that messed some things up in the system because it wasn't winterized, and so in the middle of them trying to winterize things, they had the floods, right. and that made things ten times worse, and so that's that's what I mean. It's, it's nature. What do you want? It's, yeah. it's nature. You know, if you don't take care of your systems, if you don't if you don't plan ahead, then when bad things happen that you don't you least expect, it's going to devastate you. And that's exactly what's happened. Yeah, but more so the point of they keep saying like they just have particularly bad water infrastructure, but they don't understand that a lot of places have bad water infrastructure. It's just really costly to actually kind of uh, revamp the whole thing, you know. So therefore, they just have to make do with what they're doing, and they have to really put an emphasis on repairs. Which obviously, as we've shown, they did. The city seemed to not really be seem to be oblivious to these concerns, but uh, it's just it's just absolute nonsense of them just trying to 
it's it really does make no sense that when they just try to blame everything all of this on racism you know every everything is racism everything is the white devil's fault and as a white devil i have to say that uh, i'm getting a little tired of it yeah that's where the rest of it this is a problem that goes back decades. It's an issue facing a city of more than 150,000 people, and one the current mayor of Jackson is intimately familiar with. Hi, we're Vivian. Damn it. Uh, you know, I've been saying that it's not a matter of if our system would fail, but when our system would fail. Uh, I can remember as far back as 1988 when my family moved to Jackson. Uh, and the problems that we had with our water system at that time. Uh, and so it's been an underinvestment into this system. Uh, and I think that there's, you know, there's, you know, a little bit to be shared across the board uh, through leadership on every level. Last year, we told you about the water disaster in Benton Harbor, Michigan, where centuries-old lead pipes and crumbling infrastructure poisoned the water. Almost half the people in Benton Harbor live in poverty, and over 80% of residents are black. You've likely heard of the Flint water crisis as well, a city that's also majority black and brown. It isn't a coincidence that each of these cities are predominantly black and brown. It isn't a coincidence that they have history. Is it? You're right. It's not a coincidence. It's not a coincidence that the mayor, and the city council members, and the people in charge of the of the infrastructure of the city are all black. You're absolutely right. I I completely agree with that last statement. It's not a coincidence at all. Um, stop trying to blame everything on on racism. It's ridiculous. Take accountability for your own actions, your own ineptitude, and uh, maybe things will change. Maybe you can work for a real solution. Instead of just wallowing in nonsense. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. I, I should say another thing that I'm wondering here is, can you actually do a comparison on like the, the water infrastructure in other cities? Because it seems like they were pretty much all built at the same time and they all have to do repairs and that they're, there's going to be just a, a diminishing in their effectiveness over time, you know? Yeah, of course. I guess the evidence that we're not actually seeing, actually, actually seeing like, a, okay, detailed reports of this is how we, this is what we did for our water system. This is what other other ones did and just saying that, oh, well, this is racism and it's underfunded tells me everything you need to know, you know? Right. That's because uh, I, I really do want this. I want I want a detail. You, you could even get that if it's racism and you could say that why this is racist or that they asked for money or something. But you don't seem to get any of this. You seem to get them not not trying to solicit grants when they could have done it. Well, and- you get the claims, you get the insinuations, but you never get the proof that you never get the evidence to, to supply it. Yeah, their evidence is is the population is mostly black. That's it. That's that's the extent of their evidence. Yeah, and I'm sorry, that's not that's not proof of anything. Correct. In poverty, and over eight hundred eighty percent of residents are black. You've likely heard of the Flint water crisis as well, a city that's also majority black and brown. It isn't a coincidence that each of these cities are predominantly black and brown. It isn't a coincidence that they have histories of racial and economic inequality. When Joe Biden issued an executive order in his first weeks in office on environmental justice, talking about the relationship between structural racism and environmental hazards, this is the kind of thing he was referring to. This is what he meant. In fact, Jackson right now is what American structural racism looks like. Oh, yeah. We've said it before <laughs> on this show. In America, almost all roads lead back to race. Uh, pause, pause, pause. That is perfect. Well, you know what? I have to clip that out. 
I, I want to clip that out. I want to clip out that jackass, that knucklehead saying all roads back lead back to race. I, I really want to clip that. I'm going to clip that because that's perfect. That, that's, that really sums it up for anybody on the left. All roads lead to race. Thank you for admitting it. Wow. Wow. Talk about, talk about obsessed with race. Talk about claiming everything is racism. And talk about being too stupid to realize that when you claim all the things that happen are due to white racism makes you the racist. Way to, way to, way to be completely clueless. Yeah. So all roads lead back to race. You heard it, out of, you heard it from the, the horse's mouth. Literally, the, ja the jackass's mouth. You heard it from the jackass's mouth. All roads lead back to race. Wow. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. That was just Hello too, Americans. That was too Most black Americans didn't have clean water to even brush their teeth. Joining me now to talk more about all of this is Jarvis Dorge, based in Jackson. He's the executive director of the American Civil Liberties Union of Mississippi. He's also a former <laughs> Mississippi state representative. Jarvis, thanks so much for coming on the show. Uh, let me start by asking, you're based in Jackson. What has life been like in the last week for you, for your family and friends? Are you having to use only bottled or boiled water? Yeah, I mean, to, and thank you again for uh, for reaching out and um, then to share our story. Um, you know, prior to this uh, past weekend and everything that's gone on with the floods and how it impacted the water system, uh, the city was under a boil water alert. So we've been having to boil water in Jackson for about 30 days. So, um, and that's something that pops up usually at least once a month, that it's a prolonged boil water alert that, uh, citizens are faced with, businesses are faced with. So that's been ongoing. Uh, different parts of the city are impacted more than others. Um, there's there's water pressure in different areas of the city. Um, I think most parts of the city have some type of water at least some part of the day. Um, from what we're hearing, there is more of an issue in South Jackson and West Jackson where the water has the literally the furthest to travel and that's where the water pressure is the lowest but things have improved um since monday um but again this is a long-term issue that's not going to be fixed yes. overnight and it's a long-term issue so i have to ask what are state legislators doing i know you used to be one the republicans who work in jackson for example it's the state capital are they also experiencing this i find it shocking that we're not talking about some distant small rural town but the capital of an american state uh, well this the state legislature in mississippi has done a great job of, at ignoring problems that's something they do well we've had uh, issues with our tanner program where we had a governor literally you know use it as a slush fund to give money okay, to pause. those Okay, I think we listened to enough of this clip. We get the gist of it. Um, basically, he's full of shit. Um, everything's the fault of uh, of the white people, the evil white devils. And, uh, you know, well, I think that's I know the bottom line. I think I know how to cure racism. You just have to have a bunch of white people living in an area. That's the only way to cure racism, according to apparently, these Apparently, apparently, yeah. that's, that's the and way to do it. And if not, you need to give them a bunch of money for whatever reason, because they apparently can't manage money themselves in these areas. Which, uh, okay, did we, we had another clip, didn't we? Yeah. Okay, let's let's go through that. Absolutely crazy. Yeah. It really is the case that uh, when you when you see all this stuff and you see them claiming a oh a well, white racism the cause of the cause of it, then they, they love a harping on white flight. 
they realize that in effect they're just saying that white people left and then the whole area went to shit. You know, right? That, yeah, that's what they're saying. That's exactly what they're saying. Yeah. Which uh, I don't know. That that doesn't sound like something I would want to say if it was me. Yeah, they make all these like uh, ludicrous assertions that uh, well, the white. Yeah, they, they also love saying this, and this is what I argue with these people is they love saying that. Uh, White people are inherently well, much more wealthy because they they were able to acclimate wealth uh, throughout history or something, or they have like white privilege. It's all very convoluted, and that black people just can't do that for whatever reason. Well, you know, white Southerners are extremely poor. Yeah, if you've ever spent any time in the South, there's a lot of impoverished areas in, in the South. There's a lot of really, really super poor white people in the South. Yeah, so I'm not, I'm not really sure what the hell they're talking about. I mean. You know, they live in the South and they don't see all the poor white people around. Yeah. You also do have to wonder, I mean, if the white Southerners are like uh, people like to lambast them as the poorest of the poor and just uh, just dumb hicks. And they could actually they could actually keep like uh, water infrastructure going competently. What right. is it like the black residents there? You know, it's it's another yeah. thing. What, what would liberals actually think about that? I don't I can only I, it's hard to guess the, the crazy stuff they come up with. I don't know. I, I love this meme where it's uh, it's something like the the white liberals love calling the South a, a bunch of hicks or just saying that they're just, I don't know, hillbilly states. And they didn't understand that these states are disproportionately much more black than the other than the states, typically by about a third more. You, they, you don't think you don't think that the liberals are logical, do you? And rational? Uh, of course not. No. Yeah, that's too much reality. They don't realize when they make fun of the poor, stupid uh, southern states that it, there's a much higher black population there. And so they're also making fun of them as well. Right. It flows pretty good right now. The flow might be good, but the water quality is not. After a water treatment plant failed this week, residents in Jackson, Mississippi, were warned against drinking the water, washing with it, or even brushing their teeth. And that's all taking a toll. People are fed up. They're running to bordering cities who have clean water to just bathe and going to their grocery stores, having to buy up all of the water because we have none. Ashley Tose is seven months pregnant and says she's considering moving away from Mississippi and its water problems. We need help. We need federal oversight. We need something to happen because for it to be going on for years, and the governor not caring, the mayor hiring incompetent people to run the water treatment plants. It's, it's like it's never ending. Okay, pause. Okay, that's good enough for that one. That's perfect. Yeah. So finally, we talked to somebody who's, who's honest. And or we talked to somebody, we listened to somebody that's honest and says, hey, listen, the governor is not taking care of it, maybe. But also our mayor is not hiring the right people to take care of it. And so the, it's not getting taken care of, period. Yeah. So we need, we need federal help because the people in, in, in Jackson are, and, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the state of Mississippi are just fucking it up. So yeah. at, least, at least that's more fair than saying it's all, it's all the white people's fault and, and the, the black mayor and city council have nothing to do with anything. That doesn't make any sense. So at least she was a little bit more fair-minded. Yeah, I guess she recognized that the... There is some incompetence going on, which another thing I'm kind of wondering is kind of this, this idea that they keep harping on like these black areas, which uh, I guess we've touched on this a little bit. But do they even consider that perhaps like what we're seeing in Jackson, where there's pretty blatant uh, uh, incompetence that even the EPA is calling them out, that perhaps that's actually what's going on in other places? 
that I guess these particularly black areas of water problems. Nope. Which I never mean, crosses never never crosses their mind. I promise. Yeah. Well, you have to think about it like this. I, I mean, okay, let's say that they they have a lower tax base, and I I don't know they they love to chalk that up to racism, but let's just say they have a lower tax base. And that's for a lot of their problems. Shouldn't it be the case that water should be like one of your most imperative things? I mean, it's literally water, you know, right. but even if, even if you had a lower tax base and you, you should probably like uh, put more of an emphasis, you should probably, no matter what, uh, uh, divvy up more, more money to waterways and water or not waterways. The, but water the, the two, the two things that should be your priority period. The two things should be electricity and water. Right. Everything else needs done, but the electricity and water should come above everything else. Yeah. By far. And it's just not, apparently. It's just not because, you know, they, they have serious issues. And, you know, like California. California, now they're, they're having rolling blackouts. Yeah. And it's just mismanagement. It's, it's mismanagement by liberals, and it's mismanagement by, by these city councils that are somehow a white conspiracy, a racist white conspiracy, when all the people involved that are not, that are mismanaging the situation are black. I just don't see how, I, if somebody could just explain that to me. All of these crazy theories that people come up with, the mental gymnastics that they use to blame somebody else, and, and their own blatant racism, because it's nothing, never their fault, it's always the racist, racist white people. If they would just take accountability for their own actions and try to work things out, everybody... Everybody all the way around would be better off. Everybody. Yeah. And who doesn't want to see that? Who, who doesn't want to say that? Who wants to see these problems going on? Not me. Right. I want them to succeed. I want every, every, every city and every town in this country to be successful, regardless of who the population is. Yeah. And if it's not successful, take ownership of it. Don't try to blame everybody else. Yeah. They just... Uh... It's all very, it's all very nonsensical, which I think the thing that I'm really, <laughs> that uh, should really be put on the forefront, which I, you don't hear anyone saying this, is that Jackson has the highest, literally has the highest murder per capita rate in the country. You know, why isn't that talked about as like an egregious failing? And this is a country, and this is a, a city where the murder rate has jumped in a span of a couple of years, you know, or doubled right. in a span of a couple of years. And I, I don't know, is that due to white racism as well? Black people killing You know them? it is. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how it is, but you know it is. Yeah, it's just somehow the, the white flight caused poverty and the poverty caused rapes and murders and assaults and burglaries and all the other things that go on. Yeah, you we know should... it is. You know, it's you know, it's you know, all it, it, we already heard it. Yeah. All roads lead back to race. Yeah. Well, I think we should say, too, that uh, I think, well, it's probably well, it's racist to blame white people or to blame white people for all these problems, especially if it's not their problems. I also think it's kind of racist, uh, racist against black people, because you're essentially saying that black people, for whatever reason, when white people aren't around, they can't manage things successfully or, yeah. you know, that, that's we exactly what you're saying. You're saying they're incapable of success without white people. That's exactly what people these people are saying. Maybe they don't realize they're saying it. Maybe they don't care. I don't know. But that's exactly what they're saying. And I, for, I don't think that's what they want to say. I could be wrong, but I don't think that's the message they want to put out. Yeah, for some reason, the white people just manage the water infrastructure better. You know, like imagine this, that you're living in the, you're a poor black person living in the time of like Jim Crow, or I guess throughout most of the racist 60s. And it's the case that, uh, oh, well, your water actually works perfectly for whatever reason. And it's due to these, <laughs> well, it's being managed by these white supremacists. And then you're alive, uh, 
I guess, 50, 60 years later, and then the water is like messing up and there's no white supremacist. You, you <laughs> there's no seeming like white supremacist around in your own government. Yeah. You know? Yeah. How do you explain that away? I would love to hear the explanations. You never hear the explanations. And the, you, if you get some sort of explanation, it's always very convoluted and doesn't make any rational sense. Uh, I've had conversations with people where they just, in the middle of the conversation, they'll stop talking and walk away uh, or they'll hang up or whatever the case may be. And uh, it's because they don't have anything to say. What else can they say? Yeah. Water is wet. There's no way around it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you can blame everybody else you want to blame but the solution is from within you have to improve yourself you have to improve your own life you have to properly manage your own cities and if you don't then you're the you're the one for blame for it if you're the one in charge and the things don't work out then you're the one to blame nobody else yeah yeah it's uh even if you're an 80 percent black black city as they like to say it's your fault yeah he said 82 percent Hmm. okay well that's that's okay i'm not really sure what that proves um i don't see how it proves that it's racism unless you think the black mayor is racist or the the black city council is racist maybe maybe that's what he believes that somehow they're they're black white supremacists who was that one guy that used to who was that one black guy that used to tell us all the time that there was a lot of black white supremacists magnus oh yeah he called himself magnus remember remember he would say that uh the worst white supremacists he ever met were, were black people. Right. It was the dumbest thing. It was the dumbest thing that ever I've ever heard come out of anybody's mouth. But he would say that all the time. Yeah. Yeah, it's just all very, 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 uh, very, very convoluted. And it kind of uh, underscores that uh, it can't be the case that uh, these black communities, there's problems in the black or particularly black communities. And this is where a lot of their problems emanate from. It has to be the case that oh, no, well, these black people are poor, so it must be the case of racism, you know, and they're just underfunded or something, which I'm sure you could look at, I mean, I, I know of other instances where you can look at, uh, particularly with the Washington, Washington D.C. Uh, public schools where they receive something like $30,000 per kid, uh, and the results are absolutely dismal, which uh, obviously is a bit germane because uh, that's, uh, I forget the guy's name, but the MSNBC host is referencing that, Oh well, look at public schools, and they received less public, uh, less funding from public schools. Therefore, they're they're less educated, or they're they were less educated, or something, or they they got a less, uh, uh, I don't know, substantive education, and therefore they're more poor today. You know, right? Well, if that's the case, then then what's what, what's the problem with Washington D.C. schools? Right. Yeah, and you'd also think that uh, another thing I wonder about is that they reference how like horrifically racist these white supremacists were and all the stuff they do, but. Uh, the only thing they could find them that's uh, particularly racist about them is that they wanted to move away, which it seems like if you're really bothered by racist that you'd actually want them to move away, you know? Yeah. If I moved into an area, if it was a, if it was a black area, if it was a Chinese area, if it was an Arabic area, if it was a Hispanic area and they didn't want me around or they left because they didn't want to be around me, I'd say, okay, see ya. Yeah. I wouldn't get upset about it. If you don't want to be around me, that's fine. Yeah. That's same. your choice. That's your choice. Yeah. I'm not I'm not trying to force myself on anybody. Yeah. If I go into a restaurant or I go into a business and, and I feel like that somebody doesn't want me there because of whatever reason, I just leave and go somewhere else. They just don't get my money. Yeah. I mean it's almost like 
like imagine you're a Jewish person, like you follow this rational all the way and you're, you're a Jewish person that uh, realizes there's like Nazis around you and you think to yourself, wait, these Nazis owe me money or something, or these Nazis oppress me and maybe I'm not doing as well in life because of these Nazis. And you keep hoisting yourself on these Nazis and you say, oh, everything's your fault and that I need to live closer to you because if not, because you have resources that uh, I need to become suffused with, you know, right. it's really, it's really like that analogy is really the same thing that's going on here. They're saying that uh, white people, for whatever reason, they have some sort of, I don't know, they have some aura about them where they have more, well, I guess it's not really an aura, but uh, there's some sort of feature about them where they seem to have more money and we need to get this money out of them or we need to, to be distributed equitably. And the only way this can be this, the way that this has to happen is they have to be around us. And then it'll eventually come a time where we're around them for so long that we, it, <laughs> I don't know, there's like some trickling down effect and we get money too. It's, this is really, <laughs> what they're it makes no sense, you know? I don't know, but you know, it's, it's like if I, if it, it, you know, if a Jewish person goes into a, to a, uh, into a Muslim bakery and they're like, Oh, we don't want a Jew in here. We, you know, there was a, there was a place when I went to Ohio state university, there was a, a friend of mine, Dave, I'm not going to say his last name. I almost said his last name, but Dave is Jewish. I'm half Jewish, but Dave is, Dave is pure Jewish. Um, and he, me and him and some other people went into um, a place called cluck you chicken. That's what it was called. Cluck you chicken. And uh, it was on campus it was a really good chicken place. I don't know if they, I don't know if they're a chain. I don't know if they still exist. I don't know. I don't, I don't think that they still exist on Ohio state campus, but I could be wrong. It's been a long time since I've been there, but anyway, at any rate, there apparently was owned by Muslims and we went in there and he, J, J, Dave was like, he was captain Jew. He looked so Jewish and all of them were like, just eyeballing the hell out of him. Right. And we, 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 we kept a close eye on them making the food because, I mean, they were like, you, I mean, it's almost like they saw like the devil or something. They were really eyeballing the hell out of Dave. And so we got the, we got the food and left, but you know, if, if somebody doesn't want you in their restaurant, just leave. Yeah. If they had made a deal, if they had made a big deal out of it, I mean, yeah, it was a little uncomfortable, but if they had made a big deal out of it, we just would have been like, okay, well, fuck you. Then we're, we're, we're out of here. Yeah, that's that's a good point. That I, I remember watching like a, a dumb food review video, which I don't watch these. I just I just stumbled upon one, and it was like a black guy reviewing a pizza restaurant, and he's he actually has like over a million subscribers. So I think he's pretty popular at this. But uh, I remember him like speculating. He's like, okay, well, I have to as part of the review, I have to give you a thing where let's see if they this white person came in after me. Let's see if they give they serve him first or whatever, or the waiter comes to his thing first. Which my first thought was. If I saw that in somebody who's being racist, my first thought wouldn't be, oh, well, this shows the racism. It would be, I need to get out of here. I don't know if they're going to spit in my food, you know? Right, exactly. Like, that. that's really my first anxiety. That's thats thats going to be the first thought that goes through my head if I suspect that there's some sort of bias, you know? Which my, Yeah, my first anxiety is, these people are back there with my food, and they don't like me, and they don't want me in here. Right. But you know what I mean? I mean, it's, it's not, I, I would just be like, you know what, I, I think I'm going to eat somewhere else. Yeah, I wouldn't throw a stink. I wouldn't be like, "Hey, what the hell? Why do you get served first? I'd just be like, "Well, okay, this is not the place for me." Well, I think it could be that uh, I, I always wonder stuff like this because they seem to claim everything's racist and their their actions say otherwise. Which uh, I think if if I was dealing with someone that was a crazy racist or whatever, that uh, I would probably handle them. It, it would probably I probably handle them in pretty definitive ways. But it seems like these racists or these these a lot of the black people complain about racism 
it, it doesn't really make much rational sense as to how they actually handle these quote unquote racists, which I, I think it goes back to the point that like, like that guy tried to claim all roads lead back to racism. But the problem is if everything's racist, then nothing's racist. You, right. there has to be like some distinguishing factor for the stuff, which is not quite being like uh, delineated or parsed out. If uh, everything's racist, you know, if everything's right. Ra- it's like saying everybody's tall. If everybody's tall, then nobody's tall. Yeah. yeah. If everybody's ugly, then nobody, you know, nobody's ugly. If everybody's handsome, nobody's handsome. You have to have, you have to have levels. If there's no levels, then it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Which I think it goes back to the, I don't even know what they, they blame everything on white supremacy, but uh, the problem is they're not even like distinguishing reasons for this. They're just saying black people tend to be more poor and white people left. So that's why that can be the only explanation for why uh, the water infrastructure sucks in Jackson. You know, it's right. really, it's really at a certain point, it's just, it's, I, mean, I, I would say on some level, it's probably just devoid of critical thinking or just lacking critical thinking to, to kind of think these ways. And it's a, it's almost what I find of like this, like sociology revolution in, uh, in a lot of like liberals thinking where, Sociology is just a very, very simplistic thing where it just it just states facts and it likes to think that it has a method, even though the method is horrific and not really that analytic or that rigorous. But uh, they can seemingly make these like post hoc for things, and then liberals take it hook, line, and sinker, and they said, "No, this is the proof. This is the proof. It has to be due to racism." And they just give these very simplistic because sociology, or I guess most sociologists say it, so that has to be like a very good evidence for it, which. It's, I don't know, it's just, uh, you, see, you see it to uh, front and center in the case of, uh, um, um, I guess, the water infrastructure in uh, Jackson. Where well, I'm sure, I'm sure you would hear the same stuff if the electric grid went down. Right. If the electric grid went down, you'd hear the same thing. Uh, if, uh, if there was a, a plant that wasn't putting out proper food and, you know, they had some problem with their food storage and, they, and, they, and there was some kind of food scare, I'm sure that would somehow be racism. Um, in, in any problems, any problems, the roads, the roads have uh, potholes. It's racism. Um, you name it. Yeah. Well, another thing I'm kind of wondering here is that there are wealthy black neighborhoods in this country, you know, that do better than that do that do better than average. Of course. And, and I wonder what these people would think of these areas, you know, <laughs> like, like, how would they explain these areas where the black people actually do well, you know, and actually do better than most white people? Would they say that, uh, oh, well, maybe these people are just smarter on average than most black people and they just coalesced in one neighborhood, which one seems to undercut a lot of their arguments. But uh, or is it or is it the case that I don't know, maybe they're they, they would probably get some like convoluted, just dumbass thing like, oh, well, they're more impervious and to racism. No, no, no. Here's what they would say. I've heard this. I've heard this argument a million times. Here's what they would say. OK, to be successful in a white world, you have to do 10 times what white people do. OK, that's what they say. They say that all every time I've I've heard it before. I've heard black people say this. The most success if you see a successful black man, that means he's worked ten at least ten times harder than the, than the per, than a white guy that's just as successful as he is. Right, but that seems to now what they base that on. I have absolutely no idea. Yeah, but that ultimately seems to like malign them and just say that uh, oh well they're much harder workers than I am, you know, or they do much better than I am, much better than I do, you know. Right. Which. Uh, I mean, that doesn't seem to dawn that well on them. It's, I don't like, a, I mean, I mean, I, maybe some people can, which that seems to be a case of like, okay, well, we're not doing as well, which it seems to be actually like some, some pretty profound insight, you know, like, could you imagine in a, in a normal situation where somebody says why somebody does better? And the first thing they say is, oh, well, they just work harder than I do, you know, 
that seemingly never comes up and especially with these people who love blame racism on everything they it's another thing where they don't understand that they're in their convoluted explanations they're ultimately just kind of undercutting themselves and just kind of selling themselves short yeah that, well yeah what else can they say they yeah. can take accountability for their own actions but that's not going to happen yeah that's never going to happen. We, we've, we've heard it literally, and I don't want to beat a dead horse or a, bed, a dead jackass, but literally we heard it from the jackass's mouth. All roads lead back to race in this country. <laughs> you heard it straight from his mouth, uh, unapologetically, uh, obnoxiously, straight from his mouth. And so that sums up the, the mindset of every liberal lefty in this country. Yeah. And CNN employs this, this. Was it CNN or MSNBC? I think it was MS, MSNBC. So MSNBC employs this this uh, this race baiting scumbag. Right. Well, I think it's a. I guess kind of my final point, just kind of uh, doing a synthesis of what we talked about. That's uh, kind of the point where you see that uh, when you ask black people what what about black people that do well, and they they say that oh well those people work super hard. And basically they're undercutting themselves. It's that you do have to wonder with they blame everything on white people leaving and it has the effect or they blame everything on white flight, which is in effect just saying the white people left and it went to hell, which after a while you have to see that eventually some people are going to think that, okay, well, so it's just the case that white people leave and we can never do well for some reason. (laughs) And they think that that actually bodes well for their argument. Yeah, there's no logical, rational sense to it. Yeah. Okay, I think we've I think we pretty much said everything we have to say about this. Um, is is uh, the water crisis in Mississippi, Jackson, Mississippi, based or Flint, Michigan, either one, based on race? No, it is not. Contrary to popular myth, everything is not based on race, regardless of what some CNN anchorman uh, retarded jackass claims. Everything is not based on race. In fact, almost nothing is. So that being said, uh, this has been the Conservative Atheist Podcast. The topic today has been the water crisis in Jackson, Mississippi. Uh, And that's the conclusion we've come to. Um, I think it's an obvious conclusion. Uh, We drop a podcast Monday through Friday. Uh, That means Sunday at midnight, uh, after midnight, uh, going into Monday morning. So 12 uh, 12 and 1 a.m. Monday morning. Uh, it starts being published on different podcast platforms, uh, well over 30 podcast platforms. So Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, I'm not going to name all of them, but over 30. Uh, and we do it again Monday through Friday. And that means the last one goes in Thursday morning into Friday morning. I'm sorry, Thursday night into Friday morning. So 12.01 a.m. Friday morning, uh, the last one drops. And they range anywhere from an hour to two hours, sometimes as much as three. It all depends on the topic we're talking about. It all depends on the guest. If we're interviewing a guest, it depends on a lot of factors. So that being said, uh, we have also started uh, moronic roundtable discussions. Um, today was the first one. It was a moronic roundtable discussion uh, involving COVID vaccine um, conspiracy theories where a bunch of morons got together and discussed uh, COVID vaccine vaccines that had absolutely no knowledge of uh, anything about COVID vaccines but yet they had plenty to say. There was a few people that came in and tried to talk sense to them that did have knowledge and it was to no avail. Imagine that. Alright so each Saturday it's going to be a, uh, it's going to be a, a, a moronic roundtable discussion on a different topic 
Sometimes it'll be flat earth. Sometimes it'll be people didn't land on the moon. It'll be all sorts of things. 9-11 was an inside job. You know, just everything we could possibly think of. There's plenty of morons having roundtable discussions on things that they have no clue about. And so it'll be an endless source. And that'll be a bonus episodes dropping every Saturday. So Friday night into Saturday morning, around 12.01 a.m. Saturday morning. Okay, that being said, everybody, uh, the last thing is, is that when you go to bed tonight and you're in the dark and you're staring up at the ceiling and you're starting to drift into dreamland, I want you to repeat over and over again. Conservative atheist is always right. 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 And in the morning, when you wake up, you'll be a new, refreshed person. The air will be crisp. The sun will shine brighter. The birds will sing your name. And the flowers will smell beautiful. And all will be right with the world. And if not, that means you jackasses aren't listening to enough conservative atheist podcast. So you need to listen to more. All right. Adios, you knuckleheads. We'll talk to you next time.